Hey, hey, welcome back to Mamas Have Special Needs 2. This is episode 83, Burnout, Special Needs Mama Edition. Welcome to the Mamas Have Special Needs 2 podcast, where we are learning to thrive in and enjoy our lives again. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Let's go. Hey, ladies, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are having a good week or that you had one. Um, This week, we've all come down with a sickness and we're getting closer. Like we're in the last third of winter and I was hoping that we would not encounter another bout of sickness, but we have. So we're just going to relax and try to heal from that. Uh, put therapy off for a little while and heal all of our bodies. So if my voice sounds a little raspy, that is why. But today I wanted to share what I've learned about burnout because it's a very real experience that happens with all moms um, and parents. I wanted to specialize a little bit or cater it to being a special needs mom. So I went ahead and just hopped on over to the internet out of curiosity to see what does the internet have to say about burnout? And the internet says that it's exhaustion of physical and emotional strength and motivation, usually as a result of prolonged stress and frustration. That one actually did align with what I feel burnout is and what I have experienced in my life. Another one was to cause to fail wear out, or become exhausted, especially when overworked or overused. And the third one is a state of physical and emotional exhaustion that also involves a sense of reduced accomplishment and loss of personal identity. So these are the ones I chose because I felt like they did align with what it is like, what the experience is like of raising a child that has special needs and going to the doctor's offices consistently and Um, losing really your identity as you're trying to do all that you can to help your child and to create a life that is functional for all of you. But usually, as usual, um, we all put ourselves on the back burner and we're back there so long that we lose our own identities and we're not accomplishing the things that also fuel fulfillment in our personal lives. And I do think some of that does come from helping our kids and doing things for our kids and helping them succeed and heal and develop. I think there's definitely a huge part of that, especially um, as a mom, that is very fulfilling and very rewarding. What I have noticed is that it is part of the puzzle of who you are and not the whole thing. It's not the whole picture of who you are. Burnout, I think, has the ability to do that. It's like hopping on a hamster wheel and running and running and running and running in place. Like we keep doing things and we keep accomplishing things, but we're not actually going anywhere and we can feel that that burns us out. If you're on the edge about whether or not you're experiencing burnout, I want to share a few symptoms with you. And maybe this will either solidify that you're feeling burnt out or it'll put you on the hamster wheel of being like, oh yeah, that is me. Symptoms of burnout. You experience mental fatigue or physical exhaustion. You experience being short-tempered. You have feelings of emotional, you feel emotionally depleted. You feel disconnected or isolated from others, including your children. 
you feel mom guilt about your behaviors, reactions, thoughts, or feelings. You feel parental, ing- uh, parental guilt or like, like you're inadequate, an inadequate parent and an adequate mom. You feel anxious or overly focused on what's coming next. What are we going to do next? How are we going to handle it? What's going to happen with my child? How am I going to handle that? You experience mom rage. So being hostile or having extreme emotional highs and lows. You question your life choices, such as regretting having children. You entertain escapist fantasies like how you would leave or get out of the situation or your life or your family. You entertain fantasies of your child with special needs passing away. You feel extreme feelings of never being good enough, um, never being good enough at what you're doing at home or work or for your kids or as a spouse. Whatever it is, you're just not good enough is the feeling. You have concerns that your children deserve someone better than you. Again, that lines up with, I'm not good enough. My children deserve someone better. You feel disconnected from your parent or co-parent, your spouse, your partner. You just feel disconnected from them. You have or experience social fatigue, which prevents you from tapping into your support networks. You feel too tired to reach out and build new friendships, to go out on play dates. You experience the inability to ask for support or to state your needs and what you need, whether that's rest or anything like that, but asking for that respite. All right, did you see yourself in some of those? I know I did, especially in the past. I experienced a lot of the more extreme um, escapist fantasies, whether that was leaving or wishing that my child would pass away. And the reason I want to bring those up is because I think that there's a lot of guilt wrapped around those kinds of thoughts that jump into our head. And although this is a bit of a different topic, I want to hop in and mention this now in case you're feeling guilt because you've identified yourself with those. And that's that there is a motivational triad that's functioning in the background in our lower brain that is trying to keep us alive and trying to solve the problems that are causing us pain and stress. So essentially our brain is just doing its job when it's making suggestions of this is how you could get out of pain. This is how the pain could go away. And that's all those thoughts are. When they cross your mind, it's just your brain doing its job to try to relieve the pain and stress that you're feeling. It doesn't mean anything about you being an awful mother or that you're not never were meant to be a mother or anything like that. I just want to throw that out there, especially with those escapist fantasies that your brain is just doing its job so you can create a little self-compassion for yourself and then you can let those thoughts move on if you wish. All right, so there's a series of questions here that I also want to ask. And the reason, again, is to further see if you can identify yourself with burnout. And the reason why I want to do this is because early on, I did not think that I was in that burnout camp. I did not. I thought, you know, no, I've got this. I can do this. I'm just fine. Also, that I felt justified in not asking for help. I felt justified in um, feeling like I could neglect myself and still contribute to my child's care. Um, But also I think I was in denial 
about a lot of things that were going on and felt like I can't be in burnout because then it would confirm that indeed I am really struggling. So I want to read you these set of questions just to see if these are some things that you might, um, to see what your answers might be. Um, And if the answers are yes to a lot of these questions, then you might be experiencing burnout. All right, so uh, here's some of the questions. Have you become cynical or critical about your home life, social life, or work life, or your spouse, or your kids? Do you drag yourself out of bed in the morning and have trouble getting started? Have you become irritable or impatient with your children, spouse, family, or friends? Do you lack the energy to be consistently productive? Do you find it hard to concentrate? Do you lack satisfaction from your life and accomplishments? Do you feel disillusioned about mothering? Are you using food, drugs, or alcohol to feel better or to simply not feel at all? Have your sleep habits changed? More like getting disrupted, not getting the sleep you used to, not having restful sleep. Are you troubled by unexplained headaches, stomach or bowel problems, or other physical complaints? If you've answered yes to many of these, then you might be experiencing burnout. I want you to think about it like going into fight or flight mode and you stay there. You're chronically in fight or flight mode, meaning you are constantly in stress. You're constantly in worry. You're constantly having high levels of cortisol. And this kind of a state does affect you in a negative way when it's chronic. It's very useful in the short term, but detrimental in the long term. And you will start to experience um, mental and emotional breakdown, as well as physical breakdown and illnesses in many caretakers, if we want to call it that, mommies that have kids with special needs are um, ending up in the hospital or with chronic health issues because they are postponing taking care of themselves. And there are ways in which you can do that um, to take care of yourself that don't cost money um, or excessive amounts of time. They do cost deliberate choosing and they do cost some time, but sometimes not as much as we think. Okay, so let's get under the surface a little bit and uncover why so many special needs mamas experience burnout. This list is not exhaustive, but it just highlights a few of the reasons. The first one is that we have unrealistic expectations, such as my child should be happy most of the time, my kids shouldn't suffer, and I should be making regular healthy meals my, that my kids love to eat. My child should be eating normally. They shouldn't need a feeding tube. They shouldn't need all this medication to stay alive. This is, um, it shouldn't be this way. Um, I should always enjoy being with my kids. If my kids have to entertain themselves, then I'm not doing a good job as a mom. Um, I need to be with my kids the majority of the time or all of the time. A good mother sacrifices for her children without limit almost. If I give enough and long enough, someone will notice and come take care of me. So here are a few of the unrealistic expectations that I've experienced and that I've heard um, from my clients. And I'm curious to know, can you think of any more on the spot that you might have? 
And it might be hard to notice them because these expectations show up as this is just the way things should be. What I want to offer is that you examine those kinds of beliefs and see if they are in fact serving you or if they're putting you on a hamster wheel where you're running and running and running to try to reach this kind of a, an outcome, but it's something that never comes. All right, another reason that mamas experience burnout is because you don't have any self-made definitions of what being a good mom looks like or when it's enough. So it's kind of like we're shooting from the hips here, not knowing what we're aiming for. And this is when we hop on that hamster wheel and we just do and do and do with no rewards and no accomplishment, like I finished it kind of a feeling. And this comes from adopting social ideas or family ideas of, of and definitions of what it means to be a good mom. So things like throwing excessive birthday parties, um, always having a clean home, having nice food, having like those expectations that we talked about in the first one. The reason that you're suffering is because you're trying to do it all and be it all in addition to having a child with special needs. And then even within that community, there are things like expectations of what it looks like to do it all and be it all when it comes to taking care of a child with special needs, being excessively organized with all of your files and documents and medications and care, being on top of doctor's appointments, being on time for doctor's appointments, and... Um, making sure that your child's home life is, um, that you're relieving as much suffering as possible and helping them develop as much and possibly as quickly as possible. And so these kinds of expectations, we kind of hop on and go, okay, yeah, I want to be a good mom. So I'm going to try to do all of that. And what I want to offer is that's the wrong way to approach it. What you want to do, if you want to hop off that hamster wheel is set expectations for yourself. Ideas of what it looks like for you to be a good mom. Does it look like if we have all eaten dinner today and we've had showers, then I'm doing a good job as a mom, right? That's so, so different. And we have to know that what's happening in our own home and the circumstances that are in our own home are not comparable to other families, even other special needs families. So you have to look at your own life, look at your own skill set, look at where you are and decide what is good enough. Put that definition in place and then let everything else fall by the wayside because you're not here to prove to the world that you are the Pinterest perfect mother. You're just there to be a good mom to your child, to make sure that you are taken care of too. And it's actually much more simple when we just make our own definitions and stick to those and not worry about what other people think it needs to look like. So for example, I don't do excessive birthday parties for my kids, except on the years that I feel that I can. I don't do Christmas cards like ever. I don't go shopping to the store every week. You know, we order in. We don't do excessive family vacations. We don't do a ton of extracurricular activities. We're not active parts of our community. We do a couple of things here and there, but it's very, very limited. So when you set these boundaries, then you give yourself permission to set the mom guilt aside and to prioritize the things that actually matter. All right, so the third point I'm going to hit today on this is 
we wear our self-sacrifice as a badge of honor or proof that we are good mothers. This often takes the form of, I'm so busy. I'm losing sleep because my child needs me and, and I'm just, I'm going to be there for them. Or I fight so hard to get my child the services that they need that I'm just so exhausted. I'm so exhausted from taking care of my child that I can't even take care of myself because I prioritize them so much. These things aren't inherently bad. What we have to watch out for is if we are wearing them as a badge of honor or using them as proof that we're doing a good job as a mom. These things start to become a part of our identity when we start to wear our struggles as, a pr- as proof that we are a good mother, right? Because good mothers wake up and take care of their kids always. Good mothers fight with medical professionals to get their children supplies. Almost as if not suffering and not struggling is a sign that you aren't doing motherhood right. Not being guilty for not being perfect means that maybe you don't care about being a good mother. Only mothers that don't care don't feel guilty. These might seem like nice thoughts, but in reality, these are the thoughts that keep you stuck in burnout. Because being burnt out means that you are giving your whole self to your kids and that that's what good mothers do. Like it's, you get burned out and then you use burnout as a badge of honor of like that that's a good thing because it's proving that I'm a good mom. And it's not just in our mind. Like we get this kind of feedback from society too. Like, wow, you're such a good mom. You'd be willing to do that. You're such a good, you're, you're a superwoman. You're an amazing mother. And so we kind of fuel each other on this, like, no, 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 you do actually want to neglect yourself and take care of your children because that means that you're a good mother. And I'm here to say that that is not true. It is not selfish, right? Which is what the narrative is. It's selfish for mothers to do this. You're a bad mom if you leave your child home when they're struggling so you can go out to be with your girlfriends. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't sacrifice for our kids. I'm not saying that these things are, that it's not actually hard to not do these things when your kids need so much from you. What I'm saying is that these things don't have to become your identity to make you feel like you're a good mom. These things don't have to be the reason. That's why you want to go back and set your own definitions. Why you want to be aware of what expectations you have for yourself that are unrealistic. So how can you break out of the burnout cycle? Again, this list is not exhaustive, that there are many ways to do this, but here are the main ones that I will mention. There's three of them. And the first one is, like I said before, And the first one is creating your own definitions of success and what it means to be a good mom. So make these self-expectations realistic because there will always be something that you can do to be better and ways that you can be better. The point is to not be better the way society says that you should be better, but to be better the way that you want to be better. So you have to constrain yourself. You have to say no to being super mom that has it all together and does it all when nobody really does. You have to define what being a good mother means to you and live by that. For example, if I'm keeping my children alive, 
I'm feeding them. I'm giving them a warm bed to sleep in. I'm connecting with them. I'm offering them opportunities for growth within reason. Then I'm being a good mom. For me, anything beyond that is like brownie points. And I score me some good brownie points every now and then. But notice that my definition does not include excessive birthday parties, making sure my kids are happy every day, doing arts and crafts with them every day, being perfect on my therapy execution, on time for appointments, making sure they're entertained when we're going out, making the right decisions with the doctors and therapists all the time, always being available for them, or always having a clean home or food that they like. None of those are included in my definition of being a good mom. All right, the second one is only compare yourself to your own definitions. So once you make those definitions, say no when your brain wants to be like, ooh, that mom's doing a good job. Because no mom has the same circumstance or the same children and no children has the same kinds of needs. So you can't make a legitimate comparison and actually be accurate about it because all of us are experiencing so many different things. We need to be different kinds of people. So this takes discipline, but sideways comparison is not allowed. Each of our unique situations calls for unique mothering not making another mother's mothering superior to your own because they're on time and their kids had their hair done when you show up late and you forgot your kid's shoes. Right? That's a true story. (laughs) And I'm the one that didn't have the hair done and totally forgot the shoes. And I was okay with that because these kinds of comparisons I have learned snuff out the enjoyment of your mothering accomplishments It's like pouring a five-gallon bucket of water on a little tiny lit match. Allow yourself to nourish your own mothering experience by only comparing yourself to the realistic expectations that you have set for yourself. All right, number three is constrain your to-do list. Only have a limited number of items that you complete in addition to your daily living activities. As much as possible, make sure that those items have a high return on their investment. For example, I love having a clean home, but raising kids and always having a clean home just isn't realistic. So if I was to try to keep always a clean home, I would spend all of my days following my children around and cleaning up after their messes. So I limit my cleaning intentionally. I intentionally procrastinate my cleaning during the day. I, and I try not to intentionally ever clean by myself. So we clean up after ourselves during the day, like after we have lunch, and I get the kids to pitch in and we all clean up. And then in the evenings... We all do a timed cleanup together, like the kitchen and our living space and things like that. And we do it together as a family for about 30, 40 minutes. And then on Saturdays, as a family, we will address other things that need to be deep cleaned. So I've completely eliminated the the live-in made routine. For me, this is worth it. Even though it increases the external messiness of the house during the day, it increases the peace and connection that I feel with myself and my kids. The payout is worth the investment. 
Also, most days I only have four or five additional items that I do in addition to our daily living activities. And this might seem like not very much because you could have an endless list of things that need to be done and they all feel super urgent. But I make myself choose. Choose the four or five things that I'm going to do today. There's no guilt about not doing the other things. There's days I even only do two to three. Sometimes it's one, depending on what that item is. This can look like phone calls, errands, work items, therapy. It can look like a day of rest. So constrain yourself. Make a decision. Constrain. Say no to your brain when it goes, but we have all these other things to do. Say no, I know, but I've already made a decision. This is what we're doing today, and we're not going to feel guilty about it. And if you need to, say no to others that also have pulls on your time. Because you're a fabulous, amazing person and people want a part of your time. Pick and choose where you want to spend that time and say no to the rest. This will help you eliminate the burnout of running, especially on other people's time schedules. All right, and the fourth and final one I'm going to share with you today is to incorporate your needs back into your daily living activities. Like when I help my kids get dressed, I make sure that I try to get dressed for the day too. I do this for me too. If I read books to them that they enjoy, I read books to myself that I enjoy. If I provide them with opportunities to have fun and be kids, I provide myself with opportunities to have fun and feel like I'm a kid again. If I give them playdates with friends or family, then I find time to have a playdate for myself. And here's an interesting thing on this, um, if you want to call it self-care or incorporating your needs, meeting your own needs. Something that I find interesting is that we are more than willing to sacrifice ourselves for our loved ones, but we are much less willing to let those that we love make sacrifices for us. I'm going to say that again. We are willing to sacrifice for others but we are not as willing to let them sacrifice for us. And I want to offer to you that this is a bad setup. Sacrifice is an amazing human trait to have, even for our special needs kiddos. So if we leave the home and we're asking them, hey, I need you to sacrifice some time with mom so that mom can go out and recuperate, that that's a good thing. They will get a chance to exercise that sacrifice muscle. They will be better off having learned this character trait and you will be better off for having the time to recoup. It's a win-win situation. So let other people sacrifice for you. If you like what you're hearing, join me in the Mamas Have Special Needs Too private Facebook group, where we take a deeper dive into these concepts apply them, and offer personalized help. Link to apply is in the show notes. And please leave this podcast a five-star review so more mamas like you and me can find it. Thank you for letting me serve you today. And until next time, take care.